0: Time has flown by. You know, that old adage is true. Time flies by when you're having fun. It has been a joy. We just want to say on behalf of my wife and I, we just want to thank you. The Fountainhead Church of Christ. You all have been so wonderful. So hospitable. It is, I mean, we we, really, really, we feel like we're at home. We really do. You guys have just just made it so awesome, brother Chad. Thank you. We appreciate you, brother. You you're right. It's like it's, we have we're more than just brothers in Christ, and that's an important thing. But we're really friends. That's how my heart sounds. Yeah. God bless. Yeah. God bless you, man. God bless you. It is bittersweet. Honestly, y'all, we, we have an opportunity to do meetings all the time, and, 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 and I'm going to be honest with you, there are some places where we can't wait for Wednesday to come. <laughs> honestly, honestly, you all make the difference. The people make the difference. When you, when you are so receptive to the Word of God and when you just express your love, we, we really feel like family here. We really do. We really do, you know. I, I share this with you, and, and because I love you. See, I don't just talk to anybody, honestly. And and and, and you all here, y'all hear the CDs. You go online. You hear when I talk to our congregation, and I say, can I talk to y'all? That's because we're family. And 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 Brother James and Chad and Sister Shirley and Sabrina and my wife. We were all having lunch the other day, and. And I was trying to describe this young lady that had been here and I, and I was trying to describe her and they was trying to describe her and they was like blonde hair and blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, you know all you white folks look alike. That means we family, y'all. I'm telling you. I, I can't just say that to anybody. Hey, man, y'all got to be close with me. And you know what? I didn't think that up. That was just Holy Spirit just put it there. (laughs) And I'm so glad Brother James and Chad and and, and Shirley and Sabrina (laughs) laughed. Let me just clear up something. This is my last night. Can I just talk to y'all? My last night. Brother Chad said there was some some instructions that was misunderstood or something about getting to Walmart. Let me tell y'all. Brother Chad said to me the other day. He said, "He said, Brother Don, you know, if you want to go to Franklin, Kentucky, you just come out of your." Your place where you live, the, the, the hotel. You come out of your hotel and you just turn left. And you just keep on going, brother. Just 10 minutes or 10 miles down the way. And so my wife and I got in the car today. My wife said, we want to go to uh, Franklin, Kentucky and, you know, just do a little bit. And, and, and so, so we come out and, and I turn left and, and we're going. And, and she said, how do you know where you're going? I said, brother, brother Chad said. So we're driving, we're driving, and and we see this sign that says Franklin, that right, and I'm knowing I'm on the right direction. I'm going, and we going, and we going, and we going, and she said, you sure you know where you're going? I said, hey, Brother Chad said. And we never made it to Franklin. We turned around, went to White Castle, White House. I know where Oklahoma is. <laughs> Praise God. But it was that one minor detail. Had us going down the wrong path. As Brother Chad said, you all we can apply that spiritually. One minor detail. Can have us going down the wrong path. That's why we have to look at God's word. And we have to trust God's word and we have to obey God's word. I may, I may feel, I felt, let me tell y'all. See, be careful with feelings because I felt like we were going in the right direction. See how feelings are physical? That's what we do spiritually. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing it right. But see, that's subjective. If we're going to deal with our souls, and our souls are the important thing here our souls are ours to save or lose. I can't, I can't take a chance with my soul being lost based off my feelings. It must be based off of objectivity, truth, black and white. You know what I should have told Chad? Give me a map. That's what I should have said. And next time I come back, Lord willing, and Chad tells me if it's going to point me in a direction, I'm going to say, give me a map. i love my brother i love my brother love you all so much the eldership here you all have been wonderful thank you for the invite thank you all so much i appreciate it thank all of you all for being here every night it's been a wonderful crowd my wife we really you know she she said for my wife to say she really enjoys it it really says a lot It really does. And she has enjoyed you guys. And thank you all for accommodating her, for singing somebody. She has been singing somebody ever since she heard it the first night y'all sang it. I'm really tired of somebody. Someday. Someday. that I tell y'all someday goodness gracious okay let me get on let me get on be open your Bibles to the book the, the gospel of Luke Luke chapter 16 Luke chapter 16 and just park there for a minute you know there was a story told about there was a preacher that was that was on schedule to to looking to get a job at a congregation. And there was a committee that was established to be the hiring committee, the search committee. And on that search committee was an English teacher. And when that preacher came before that committee, the English teacher said, When the hen is on the nest, does she sit or does she sat? And the preacher was pretty wise. He said, well, it really doesn't matter if she's sitting or setting. What is really important to know is this. When she cackles, is she laying or lying?" Y'all didn't like that one. Tonight, we want to talk about the word of God. We have been in a parable. We have been... Uh, Dealing with revival. But I trust that the last few sermons have made an impact on your life as it has mine. It really has. In Luke chapter 16, I'm going to read the first nine verses. He also said to his disciples, keep in mind, he had just told the story of the lost sheep and the lost corn and the prodigal son. Jesus was focusing on these scribes and these Pharisees, the publicans and the sinners. And they were attentive to Jesus. And when he got through telling that story to make his point, he turned to his 12, his 12 disciples, and he needed to teach his 12 disciples something. He says to them, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him in and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master has taken the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measure of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measure of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. As we look at this church, I wanted to point out four things to you. I wanted to show you the picture. And brethren, we spent a couple of sermons on dealing with the picture. And then we wanted to discover the problem. So today we want to deal with the plan. Uh, this, This unjust steward had a plan to deal with the problem that we see in the picture. Now, brethren, the reason that this is important is because we have a problem that's real similar that the steward had. And there is information in his plan that we ought to have in seeing how to solve our problem. As we looked at the picture, we applied it from the standpoint of revival. Brethren, this will be a great revival If we can reclaim those that have strayed away. And brethren, y'all remember the first point. Uh, After this is over, wouldn't it be wonderful if the the Fountainhead Church of Christ could put in a place a plan to reclaim those sheep who have strayed away. I want to encourage the leadership here. I want to encourage all of you and to be a part of this, I encourage you to make a plan and work that plan. Amen. It will require somebody thinking enough of those who have left to leave the 99 and go out to Wonders Hill, brethren, and bear the burden of restoration. Now, I know Brother Chad and Brother James and I, we've done some of that this week. But they cannot do it by themselves. They must get others involved. So point number two was, wouldn't you have a great revival if those that are in the house but lost in the house, point, where, point one was the parable of the lost sheep. Point two was the parable of the lost corn. The corn was in the house. It was in the house and it, and it was lost, but it still had value. He's, it's, 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 there's value in that corn and the, and the, and the house, the, the owner of the house receives none of that value because when the householder needs the value of the corn, he can't find the corn. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Fountainhead Church of Christ, if this would be a great revival, if, if you could activate the inactive. Wouldn't it be wonderful, brother? Give, give. I encourage the leadership. Give the folks something to do. Amen, brother. And it's, and it's not about a title. It's not about a title, church. Uh, really, it's about influence. You don't have. To, don't you know? Let me just use the word deacon without going into all the Greek and all that. Deacon just simply means servant. And you know what? We all are servants. Every single one of us. And if, and if you can't get them to work, brethren, what you have is just a position. Equip the saints for ministry. I encourage the elders to do that. We do that all the time where I'm from. Do you get, let me just share this with you, and I'm going to be, I'm a realist. Do you get everybody? No, you don't. Some folks just don't want to do nothing. Some folks not going to do anything. And that's okay. You encourage them anyway. And, and, and the thing about it is, the ones who don't want to do nothing, well, pray for them. Pray for them. But you get the inactive active. The third point is, would not we have a great revival here if those that have been rebellious and left and would repent and would head back home? And on their way back home, church... You you all ought to be so happy when those folk who have been rebellious and now they're coming back that you will just reach out and receive them. And then when they get back home, you will just know how to treat them. Treat them good. Yeah, kill the fetid calf. Uh, Put sandal on the feet. Give them a ring and, and, and let them just have, uh, uh, have a good, have a rejoice that they've come back home. Uh, can, can, can y'all do that? Can y'all do those things? I know you can. Found the Church of Christ, I know you can. You all have some wonderful people here, wonderful Christians. You've got some great leaders. Now I'm at the story. Now I'm at the story. When you have a great revival, if we can see ourselves like stewards, brethren, everything we have belongs to the rich man, and to recognize, just like the man in the story, all of us are being accused, every single one of us. Did you know that's what the devil's job is? His job is to accuse you and I before God. That's what he does. All of us need to be able to identify with this steward. A steward, brethren, is one who is in charge of that which belongs to another. Everything you have, everything belongs to God. Everything. And the devil, church, is accusing you and accusing me before God. That's what he does. And brethren, and and don't you know that there's a dialogue going on? Yeah. That's why some of the things are happening to us in our lives. Now watch what happens. The steward gets accused. And the steward is wrong. The rich man calls him in. He comes in and the rich man says, what is this I hear about you? And the steward does not say anything, brother. He doesn't say a word. The rich man says, go get the books. Now, brother, here's the problem. Uh, let's settle up. What's the problem? You can no longer be steward. Brethren, this man is fired. This man is unemployed. And if he has no job, church, he can't pay his rent. If he has no job, he can't make his chariot payment. Amen. He's broke. Watch him. He's on his way to get the books. And on his way, he says to himself, He says, What shall I do? What he does is he considers his options. He says, I can't dig. I had this soft job all this time. I can't work construction. I'm out of shape. I can't. I can't dig. And and then and then number two is I can't bag. I'm ashamed to bag. Now I work for the rich man. I made deals for the rich man. Everybody knows me. Y'all seeing? Now I've been living uptown. And, and, and I can't beg. And, and I'm ashamed to, to, to beg. And I'm ashamed for them to see me broken down here. I'm not going to beg anybody. Watch what happens. Verse 4, chapter 16. I have resolved what to do. That when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may, see, may receive me in their houses. Brethren, what happens is for this steward... The light comes on. He says, I resolve what to do. I figured it out. I've got a plan. So that when they find out that I've been fired and I'm no longer steward, I'm going to do something that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they, who are the they? They are the farmers. They are the local agricultural community. That's that's who he's referring to here. The folk that live on the land that's owned by the rich man who was supervised by him. I'm going to do something that when they find out I'm no longer steward, they will receive me. They will welcome me into their houses. Now watch him put his plan, brethren, into practice. And church, I'm going to talk about our plan, all right? He calls in the first one. He has to call all the folk that owes him in. And he says to the first one here, now, how much do you owe my master? But I always get a kick out of that. What do you mean? How much do you owe my master? You know that ain't your master no more. Amen. You've been fired. Y'all see this man? Brother, he's got he's got to play this off. So the first debtor says, uh, "I owe I owe a hundred measure of oil." He says, "Take your bill and sit down quickly. Come on, you got to hurry up. You got to hurry up and do this. Uh, and, and 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 when you do this, because I got to take these books back to the rich man." He says, "How much do you owe my master?" Well, I owe a hundred measure of oil. He says, take your bill, sit down quickly, and write 50. That's pretty shrewd. That's pretty, y'all, y'all see what he's doing? Well, well, the next one comes in, and he says, how much do you owe? Well, I owe 100 measure of wheat. Well, take your, your bill, and you write 80. What is this man doing? He's, he's giving discounts. Y'all see this? but he gave one man a 50% discount. Now let me tell you how significant that is. Brother, I know I know y'all know something about farming around here. Because on our way to uh, Franklin, <laughs> we saw a lot of farming. These were like sharecroppers. And you paid your bill in produce. See, there was a couple of different ways, brethren, to do this. The rich man could have made a deal where it was on a percentage. That would mean that if you were raising tomatoes, I get 10%. That means if you raise 100 tomatoes, I get how many? 10, right? If you don't raise but 50, I get what? Five. But if that, but brethren, that ain't the kind of deal we're talking about here. They had a, he, they had a deal where you own, you, you owe a certain number regardless. This is what this man does. If you are raising tomatoes, and and if I say I want ten tomatoes, if you raise hundred, I get how many? Ten. But if you don't raise but fifty, I get how many? Ten. If you don't raise but twenty. I get how many? 10. If you raise 10, I get how many? All of them. Raise five, I get five, and you owe five. Y'all see this? Y'all see this, brother? So can you imagine how happy these farmers would have been whereas I owe 100 and now I don't owe but 50? And what's interesting, church, is the fact that the rich man knew what he was doing. Yeah see I know he knew what he was doing because he said you're shrewd he said you're wise he he commended this unjust steward brethren for being smart he commended him for being crafty now, brethren, this man was wise. So, so there was a couple of things that were so brilliant about his plan. He was smart enough to know that his plan could not depend on his own resources. Amen. He's given discounts. And that's smart, brethren, but there is an inherent plan in his plan. The problem is, the problem with his plan is he does not own anything. Amen. The wheat in the oil does not belong to him. The wheat in the oil belongs to the rich man. Y'all follow me? If the rich man, brethren, doesn't absorb the loss, his plan fails. Well, he's smart, church, because his plan depended on the generosity. His plan depended on the mercy. His plan depended on the grace Of the rich man. Brethren, let me show you something here. Let me show you something about us. We are in the position of the steward. Y'all see this? Brethren, we have done wrong. Everybody in here ought to admit that we all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Everybody in here have messed up. All of us have fallen down. So because we've messed up, brethren, we cry out for mercy. Amen. It, see, brother, anybody out, anybody want to say just help me, Lord? I know I've I know I've not been good all the time. And and, and sometimes I just want to cry out and say, God, help me because I know when I'm wrong. Don't you know when you're wrong? Brother, you know when you're wrong. Brother, we need to stop playing. We really do. We need to stop playing. We're only sick as our secrets. And you ought to be able to come in here and get some help with what's going on in your life. All of us are sick. Amen? Brother, the church is a spiritual hospital. That's right. Brother, what qualifies us for being in the church? You got to be sick. Spiritually sick. Brother, don't you know the ones that need no physician, Jesus says I came to seek and save the lost. We all were lost. Every single one of us and brethren, if the church is what it's supposed to be, nobody ought to come in here and feel like you're being looked down on because we all are sick. And what we do is we come in here sometime, and we categorize sin. We do just like them scribes and Pharisees. We say there are some big sins, and there are some little sins. And, brother, when we measure ourselves up against folk, we want to see their big sins and we don't do anything about our little sins. And in God's eyes, sin is sin. That's right. That's right. And, brother, so the steward had enough sense that his plan could not depend on him. The steward said, I need some mercy, I need some grace. And he, see, brother, he wanted the rich man to pardon him and see brethren I want God to pardon me amen I want I want God to cover my wrong I want God to cover my sin and the problem is somebody has got to make up this discount who is it is going to get make up this discount brethren the steward can't do it I can't make up my debt How can the rich man extend mercy if the books are out of balance? Somebody has got to get it right. Amen. See, you can't do it, brother. I can't do it. I need a mediator. Am I right? I need somebody to go and plead my case. I need somebody... 1 Peter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I need somebody to pay my debt. You see the connection? Church, the only one that loves us enough to take our burden and put it on himself, to take our messing up and put it on himself, the only one that could pay the debt that he did not owe is Jesus Christ, my Lord. See, brother, the first part of this servant's plan was he needed somebody to cover the debt. That was the first part. The second part of the servant's plan was he bene- he benefited all the people. See, brother, we like Acts chapter two. I know we do. I know we like Acts two verse thirty-eight. We go there, brethren, and rightfully so. But, but Acts chapter 2, brethren, says that, and verse 41 says that, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to him. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And brethren, then you get to verse 47. And before he said, the Lord added to the church. I know that's what we can't hurry up, wait, and get to. I know he added to the church daily. I know that. That's what the Bible teaches. But he also said, praising God and having favor with all the people. Brother, and I love praising God for his propitiation, but you also need some favor. Am I right? Brother, he said, make friends. Use your financial resources to impact people. That's the deal, brethren. This man was in a position of authority, and the only good use of authority, brethren, is to benefit people. That's the, that's the deal. I don't care, church. I don't care if you're an elder. I don't care if you're a deacon or you're a preacher. Anybody in authority that uses that authority for something other than to benefit the people ought not be in authority. Church, we need to be impacting our community. We ought to use our financial resources to turn some lives around. Well, somebody doesn't agree with Jesus. I just want to show you this, and, and you go home and read it later. You get to verse 14 in Luke chapter 16, and there was a reaction to the Lord's message. There was a reaction to the Lord telling his disciples what he told him. Watch the reaction, verse 14. Now, the Pharisees, y'all see this? Jesus is talking to his disciples, and you got these jacked up Pharisees over here watching him, listening to him. And the Bible says, now the Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard all these things and they derided him. They they turned their nose up at Jesus. They laughed at Jesus. Brethren, the Pharisees sit up there and laughed at Jesus. What do you mean, Jesus? Use my money to help somebody else. Y'all see him? Brethren, Jesus says, all right, you want to laugh at me? Let me me tell you my last point. Here's the point, Brother Chad. When you get home, read this, verse 19 through 31. Here's my last point to tell you, Pharisees. There was another rich man, clothed in purple and fine linen. And he fared sumptuously every day. And there was a beggar by the name of Lazarus, laid at his table, just desired the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table, Brother, you won't understand the parable of the rich man and Lazarus until you first understand that it's connected to the parable of the unjust steward. Amen. Brethren, the real emphasis is that the man is laying there and there is no accident there, brethren, that he was in that condition. It was not coincidental that he was in that condition, that he was, he was homeless, he was hungry, this man was sick. The dog came and licked his sores and he just desired a handout. And it's not accident, church, that he's like that because Jesus is going to say something else in a while. But both of them died. And the Bible says that the angels received Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham... That's an everlasting habitation. Remember we started off with that? That's an everlasting habitation. And then the rich man also died and lifted up his eyes in hell. The reason Jesus told that story, brethren, was in response to verse 14 where the Pharisees did not like his theology. Y'all see it? Brother, what Jesus was saying to them was, if you keep stepping on the Lazarus of this world, if you you don't get concerned about the hungry and the sick and the imprisoned, you're going to end up in the same place that that rich man ended up. Jesus was saying, church, you can laugh at this theology if you want to. Well, let me tell you something else. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus divided up the sheep and the goat. And let me tell you something. There's going to be a division one day. And he's going to divide up the sheep and the goat, brethren. And you know what he said? He says, when I was hungry, when he comes again, brethren, Jesus is not going to say or ask you how many gospel meetings you had. He's not going to do it. You know what he's going to say? He's going to say, when I was hungry and you didn't feed me, I was sick and you did not uh, see after me. He's going to say, I was naked and you did not care for me. I was in prison and you did did not come and visit me. And they're going to say, Jesus, when did we see you like that? And Jesus says, you didn't do it to one of the least of these, my brethren. You did not do it unto me. Brethren, in the church of Christ... We're going to have to get busy with ministry. That's right. And brethren, all I did was explain the text. See, brethren, you can call it a social gospel if you want to, but the bottom line is you cannot argue with the church because it's right and it will stand, brethren. And that's really how we ought to do evangelism. I remember, church, I remember knocking on doors was a very good idea. But this day and time, we better be careful whose door we knock on. Amen. But when we start, brethren, in these communities, when we start impacting these communities, when you do knock on the door, they'll come to the door and they'll say, Oh yeah, you one of them folks, y'all are one of them folks that's turning lives around. Yeah. Y'all them people down there that's cleaning up the neighborhood. Y'all them people down there that's making a difference in the community. Come on in. Y'all see it. But then you got to see it. We've got to start impacting the community. We got to start doing ministry, church. Don't get me wrong. You don't stop. You don't let the doctrine go. But we got to start looking like Jesus. See, it's it's past time, brethren. It's past time for us beating up everybody. That that old dog won't hunt no more. Y'all hear me? It won't hunt anymore. Let's start helping some folks, and when we declare to them the unfolding riches of God, their spirits will be open. So let's start, let's stop, brethren, talking about going to church and let's start being the church. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and they and brethren they ought to see our doctrine but they also need to see our good works what we need to do is we need to balance it amen so let's have an agenda that's not just about going to church next Sunday but let's be wiser than the sons of the world In order that we can promote God's agenda. Church, that's the connection. That's the parable. That's the unjust steward. Can you see it? Brother, the rich man is God. We are the stewards. And we all owe a debt that we could not pay. So you know what I need? I need a mediator. I need an advocate. Y'all know what an advocate is? How many of y'all ever been to jail? Y'all... All (laughs) y'all ain't been good. (laughs) Well, when you go to jail, y'all heard me say that, when you go to jail, because you're liable to go. (laughs) Am I right, brother? You're liable to go. You're going, to need, you're going to need an advocate. You're going to need a lawyer. Am I right? And you're going to need that lawyer to plead your case to the judge. Isn't that how it goes? Come on, y'all. Isn't that how it goes? We understand that in the physical sense, check it out in the spiritual sense. I'm guilty. I'm chained in the bondage of sin. I'm handcuffed, heading to the death chamber, heading to execution. I need some help. I need somebody to be my advocate. I need, I need, I need a lawyer. There's only one person I can call on To get me off. Who is that? Jesus. Why is that important? Because Jesus knows the judge. Matter of fact, the judge is his daddy. I'm going to win that case. Let me give you another one. When I was working at Georgia Pacific as an asset manager, Georgia Pacific's headquarters, before they were Georgia Pacific, there was Fort Howard, but they had the headquarters was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Anybody ever been to Green Bay, Wisconsin? You have, Brother James. Amen. Well, I had to go to a business trip to Green Bay, Wisconsin and I just so happened to leave my cash at home. All I had was a check. Well, if y'all know anything about Green Bay, Wisconsin, ain't too many folk in Green Bay, Wisconsin look like me. (laughs) Come on, y'all, can we talk? Nobody but the Green Bay Packers, a lot of them. Am I? Amen. Am, Am I right, Brother James? Am I right? Brother, I needed some money. And my boss that was there, I said, Man, I, I, I need some money. I don't have any cash. I need to cash a check. He said, Well, uh, Don, I can help you with that. I said, Can you? What can you do? He says, Well, I know somebody. Hey, man, he knew somebody at the bank. What would it look like, brethren, me walking up in there talking about, writing a check, talking about cash this check? What would it look like? Y'all think, y'all, y'all? they probably would have called the police. <laughs> but I walk in, he goes in there, and he goes in there, he says, hey, hey, I know this man. I speak for him. And the, and, and, and the banker says, how much does he need? You know what that did, brother? That man gave me access to the banker. Y'all seeing this? Brother, when I'm in Christ Jesus, I have access to the man who's in control of everything. But the access comes through Christ Jesus. What are you saying, preacher? That if I want to make it to heaven, I've got to go through Jesus Christ. Am I right? Ain't no other way. I can't feel my way there. I've got to know something. I've got to know somebody that knows somebody. Yeah. What well, preacher? I want to go to heaven. I'm handcuffed. I need an advocate. I need a lawyer. Who you think I'm gonna get? Jesus Christ. Why? Because He knows the judge. And the judge is his daddy. Brother, we're going to win this case. Church, all I'm trying to say as I close is there's somebody in this assembly tonight that is handcuffed. You are bound in sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. If you don't get you a lawyer, if you don't get you an advocate to plead your case, if you don't get somebody to say, we'll care, I, I vouch for them, I cover them, you are going to go to hell. I don't care how well you treat your neighbor. I don't care how good you do at your job. But then if you're not in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, you will go to hell. But God doesn't want you to go to hell. He sent somebody who has paid the, he's paid the debt. He paid it all by his life, by his his blood. It covers us, brethren. So no wonder, no wonder the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. No wonder, brethren, the Bible says, repent. Repent. Turn, brethren these folks have killed Jesus, and they were pricked in their hearts, and they says, "Men and brethren, what must I do to be saved? Peter says, "Repent, and let every one of you be baptized. No, Peter, I want to be dipped no it's that small detail brother chad said turn left i should have turned right y'all see what i'm saying peter says repent and let every one of you be baptized okay peter be baptized who how in the name of john paul the pope no in the name of buddha No, in the name of some man. No, come on and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For, the word for is ice. It is in order to, in order to receive remission, in order to receive forgiveness of your sins. You got to do it. This is the only way you can get in Christ, brethren, you got to be, you got to repent and, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And what will you do when I do that, Peter? You receive something. What's the something? It's a gift. It's a gift. And the only way you get the gift, you must be baptized. And if you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Brethren, that's Emmanuel. God with us. God in us. When I know I got the Holy Spirit that dwells in me, brother. It ain't something that's hovering around. It's in me. Y'all see that? Brother, I got the gift. So now I'm no longer in bondage. I'm released. I'm released. And now sin does not hold me down anymore. I am liberated. I am free. So when the devil comes at me, I don't have to sin. Amen. Why? Because I got the power now to walk right. When my wife makes me mad, I've got the power now. I don't have to get mad. Am I right? Amen. A church member talk about me. I don't have to get mad brother don't get treated on my job right I don't have to get mad why because I got the power that I don't have to do it anymore but then y'all see that and now now brethren if I just keep on pursuing righteousness just keep pursuing righteousness trying to get better and then brother when the when this old world can't afford me home any longer. I'll come. Let me show you something. And I'll be done, Brother Chad. Let me show you something. It's my last night, y'all. I got to show you this. And, I, and here it is. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. And church, y'all need to see this. Y'all need to see this, brethren. This will bless your life for every child of God. In 2 Corinthians. And the chapter number 5. The chapter number 5. Amen. Chapter number 5. And the verse 10. Get that, brethren, get that. you got to see this. This is only to those in Christ Jesus. Paul says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad let me tell you something. Let me put it in this context Here is The judgment seat of Christ is called the bema seat. In Corinth, brethren, in that time is, the bema seat was where they come to receive rewards. Y'all see this? Brethren, this is not the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment are those who's going to face that, and they will face God. God as the judge. They'll face Jesus as the judge, brethren, but not us in Christ Jesus. Us in Christ Jesus will come before the judgment seat of Christ. That's the seat of mercy and grace. And he says every deed we do, good or bad, will come into judgment. That means that our works, brethren, will be judged by fire, some will be stumbled and, 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 and burn up, and some will be silver and gold. Let me tell you something about that. Brother, let me tell you something. When I get my reward, there are, there are degrees of reward in heaven, just like there are degrees of punishment in hell. But when I get my reward, I won't get a reward for mowing my lawn. Amen. I won't get a reward for for watering my garden. No, 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 no. The reward I get is when I saw somebody down and out and I helped them get up. When I saw a brother or sister in Christ struggling, I encouraged them. Those things are going to receive some rewards in heaven. If we stay faithful to God, we... Going, we will bust heaven wide open, church. I want you to hold on to that. You got to hold on to it because that's the hope we have in Christ Jesus. If you don't have that hope, brethren, you ain't got nothing. Am I right? Y'all show making me work hard tonight. I didn't intend to sweat up here. You got to know that. And the reason I say that, the reason I say that It's because somebody is in the audience tonight that needs to come to the Lord. And you come broken. You see, it's not, we're saved by grace through faith. Not of works that any man can boast. It is a gift. But then that's where it all comes. We can't work our way to heaven. And let me tell you something, brethren, while I'm here, that baptism is not a work. Baptism is an act of obedience. God has so chosen baptism to save us. See, brother, we can't tell God how we want him to save us. What we've got to do is be obedient to his word. Am I right? Well, I feel like, uh-uh, you mess it up. See, I felt like I was going to, to, to Franklin, Kentucky. Messing up. Y'all see this stuff? Brother? You got to see it. When you are obedient to God's word, brethren, God can bless you. He can take you from from the world of darkness and put you in the world of light. He can do it. The baby's crying, so it's time for me to stop. See how the Holy Spirit work? If you're here tonight. And brethren, see, see, that's not only for folk who are are not in Christ. Let me tell you about those of you who who are, in Christ see brother we got so we've gotten so sophisticated so sophisticated that when we mess up and our and our relationships are so fragile that when we mess up we are so afraid to come and confess our faults once another now let me tell you about repentance okay because see confession is not repentance Confession, confess, confession is you agreeing with God that you're wrong. Repentance is a turning. But the Bible says if we can, as John says in 1 John 1 9, God is just and faithful to forgive us if we confess our faults where? One to another. You know why that's important, brethren? Because somebody may be struggling what I've been struggling with, and they just may need to be strengthened to see that even the preacher. Don't do things right all the time. And somebody will say, wow, if he can do this, if he can come and, and confess it. And let me tell you something. There's three ways we sin. We sin either privately. Amen. So you got your private sin. The private sin is, the private sin, brethren, is that, that sin between just you and an individual, perhaps. That's private. That's between you and them. And I sinned I sin against Brother Chad, and, and maybe I got upset at Brother Chad. And the Bible says, be, uh, 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 leave, your, leave your sacrifice at the altar and go and get that right with your brother. So before God accepts my, before he accepts my worship, brethren, I got to go and get that right with Brother Chad. And I need to go to Brother Chad, just me and Brother Chad. I say, Brother Chad, you know what? I said some things to you that I know was not becoming of a Christian. And brother, will you please forgive me? And Brother Chad says, yes. Or if he says no, that's his problem. If he says no, I did my part. Y'all see that? So God, that's my repentance. That's the private sin. But then we got the secret sin. The secret sin is nobody sees what I've done except God. And that's when I've got to go to God. Say, God, forgive me. And repentance, brethren, is a turning. That means I turn and I don't, I don't do that no more. I've, I repented. I let that go. I'm going in another direction. That's the secret sin. But then, church, we got the public sin. The world has seen me. My neighbor has seen me. My wife has seen me. Now I've impacted other folk. You know what I got to do? But then I need to repent. I need to say, God, forgive me. I'm not going to do that again. And I need to come before the church. And I need to say, brothers and sisters of the cross, of the church, you know what I've done. I've done some things. I shouldn't have." Done. And, and I don't have to tell you all my business. I just tell you I sinned. And you need to pray for me. Amen. You need to pray for me. Pray, strength, ask, ask God. I need his help. And brother, you pray for me. Now I've done my part. I have, I have come and confessed before my brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know what God is? God is just and faithful. You know what they'll do? He will forgive me. Y'all see this? But you know what we've done? Church, we've gotten so sophisticated. We've gotten so full of ourselves and so afraid what other folk don't think about me. We got any gossipers in here? See, we got a house full of liars. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Got got anybody that's harboring some, some bad thoughts, some bad things toward each other? You got some evil speaking going on? You got some fornication going on? You got some adultery going on? you got some, you got some addiction going on. y'all see what I'm saying? Brethren, we all are sick. Every single one of us, every single one of us struggle with something. See, Church, you can, you, you, my wife say this all the time, and I' share this with. Her. You can come up here and, and, and set a, you can come up here and set a bottle of um, you can set, uh, what do y'all drink. I wouldn't have a problem with that because that's not my struggle I don't struggle with alcohol but I got a struggle y'all look at me like I'm going to tell you what it is I ain't telling y'all nothing (laughs) Uh, my point brethren is I got one you got one too but it has not mastered me does this make sense? you will be a better church. When we learn, brethren, to be, have some sense of transparency. Because that's where we, this, when we come together, we are family. So if you're here, if you're not a child of God, you have an opportunity to come to the Lord tonight because tonight may be your last opportunity. Tomorrow's not promised to us. Matter of fact, the next hour's not promised to us. I would be afraid to walk out of this building tonight knowing that I'm, out, I'm on the outside of the ark of safety. But you can get that right tonight. Coming forward and giving Brother Chad your hand and your heart to God. And he will bury you in the watery grave of baptism. That you may be raised up to walk in the newness of life. And God will add you to the church. The body of Christ. He'll write your name in the Lamb's book of life. On the other hand, if you're a child of God. And you know you've got some things in your life that you need to get right. Let me tell you, brethren, You... You won't lose your relationship, but you step out of your fellowship with God. Can I do one more thing, Brother Brother Chad? Just one more thing. I'm I'm leaving tomorrow, y'all. Just let me explain that to you. When our children were growing up, when our children were growing up, they messed up. They messed up. And... And when our son would mess up, and our son would mess up, and I would say, okay, Shell and I would tell us, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to get those dishes washed or whatever the case may be, and, and he would disobey. He wouldn't wash the dishes. And he would come up to us, and he say, Mom and Daddy, can I go so-and-so and so-and-so? Can I have $10? No. What has happened? Has he lost his relationship with me and his mother? Uh, no, we're still his mother and father. Y'all see this? But what has happened? He has marred our fellowship. So, how does he get that right? He's got to repent. How does he repent? Well, he goes in there and he washes the dishes, right? That's repentance. And now he comes back. Now he's repentant. Now he comes back and says, mom and daddy, can I go somewhere? Can I need $10? No. Oh, I'm forgiving you. But there's consequences. Y'all see this? But that's how God is. We don't lose our relationship. We step out of fellowship. We step out of where the blessings are. Does that make sense, Church. If you're here, there's something we can help you with. Why not you come as we stand and sing the song of gonna-